We've had a lot. I mean, I think over, you know, 500 to 1,000 individuals have made their self-care promise. It's accessible to everyone. And as I said, we've received a lot of promises so far. And it's a whole range of actions people are committed to, um, from being more mindful about sleep, for example, looking after their mental health, talking to their local pharmacist first off, looking at the health literacy um, through uh, consumer information leaflets, meditation, that sort of thing. Welcome to the new HBW Insight over-the-counter podcast with me, David Ridley, Senior Editor, Europe. In this new podcast, I'll be talking to industry figures and experts about new trends and issues emerging in the global consumer healthcare market. In this episode, I talk to Judy Stenmark, Director General of the Global Self-Care Federation, about the impact of the pandemic on the world's consumer healthcare industry, as well as what the organisation is doing to promote self-care in the wake of the pandemic. Marking International Self-Care Day, Judy tells me about the GSCF Self-Care Promise Initiative, its work on producing an index to analyse the self-care readiness of national healthcare systems, as well as projects in self-care economics and sustainability. Hey David. Hi Judy. How are things with you? Yeah, fine. It's extremely hot here in the UK at the moment. So was um, today the hottest day or was it yesterday? Well, it's difficult to tell. I think maybe yesterday was a bit hotter. But, um, yeah. but it's, it's consistently hot. I think it's lasting for the rest of the week. Yeah, well, it's the same here. I think we've got the same weather because last week and the week before, you know, it was like before the weekend, it was like, uh, you know, raining, torrential rain and not as bad as Germany and mm. Belgium and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 27 here today. It's 28 then 29. And then from Saturday, it's like rain and thunderstorms again. I'll just start with um, with a really general question. So, um, you know, it's obviously it's been a, a quite an eventful, um, you know, 18 months or so. And um and obviously for the self-care industry, um, it's been it's been really, you know, a bit of a whirlwind. So from your perspective, how has the global self-care industry weathered the pandemic, would you say? Well, I think the pandemic has really shone a spotlight on self-care in a good way. And it's also, on the other side, highlighted just how fragile our health systems are and you know it's really brought all that to the fore and so what it's meant is people are increasingly managing their own health and seeing the value of this i think firsthand and uh as well just as an example of of self-care during the pandemic i think there's been an increasing importance of self-care in managing mental health issues during it Uh, particularly we've seen with frontline healthcare professionals such as nurses who really weathered, you know, as we know, a huge storm. So that's just a great example of where self-care and mental health self-care has really shown uh, the importance of becoming an active self-manager of your own health and being on the front foot about your health problems. So, you know, as we know, adopting good self-care habits beyond the pandemic is one of the best ways we, we can continue to protect ourselves and our communities uh, and our healthcare professionals, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. Um, I think specifically, like you say, about mental health, 
um, and that's that's clearly one of the kind of um, subtrends of of the shift towards self care. I think you know by now we've established that self care in general has been a a positive uh, kind of outcome of the pandemic. That people are looking after themselves better and want to look after themselves better and are looking for ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And obviously for the self care industry, that's positive. Yeah, I think it's been a positive thing. Yeah, and um, and then, but of course, that's because it's been very stressful, and mental health has been a particular area. So that's you know that's a trend within within self care um, that the industry I think can probably you know do more to kind of meet and innovate around. And then, do you think there are any other? What would you say are the other kind of major trends within that general shift to self care that you've seen? Yeah, so I think, um, well, the first thing is is the mental health we just discussed. And I just wanted to make the point that when I started in this role three years ago, really no one was talking much about mental health and, and as part of the self-care continuum. So that's just, as you said, really interesting that that's, that shifted that way. But I think we saw clearly in the UK with, with NHS, with that campaign of um, save save our NHS, or protect protect NHS, is that uh, people realised that they didn't have to go to the GP for their osteoarthritic hips during the pandemic, and they could have a, a an equally satisfying Zoom call perhaps with their GP, uh, get a prescription sent if they needed it, um, or uh, get advice from their GP, or go and see their pharmacist and and get advice that way. So I think you know people then realised that you know, this shift in, in saving uh, or easing the burden on health systems was just so important and and it worked. And people didn't all rush into A&E on a Friday and Saturday night for their, for their um, cold and flu and um, back pain and hip pain, as they should never have. But, you know, I, I think that that's the other side of it that really, um, that really shone through. But that's funny, isn't it? Because that's something that the self-care industry has been saying for years and years and years. That's the kind of main argument, isn't it? Mm. That there are so many conditions that you don't need to go to doctors for, uh, or you know, go to even go to A and E. Um, and actually, by uh, self by turning to self-care instead, you're you're actually helping the healthcare system and saving money and you know reducing that burden and allowing these healthcare professionals to actually deal with more serious things. Yeah, that's right. So it's like a two-pronged thing. It, it's obviously we want to save save money, make the health systems more efficient around the world. So we, I think, we need to be better at that to show that uh, to show the real value and uh, of self-care. We're working on that from an economic point of view, but also the social, of course, and health point of view. That you know, doing something to help yourself, especially for um, um, you know self-treating um, health conditions. Uh, really makes a difference to you and saves saves you the individual you know a lot of time as well and makes makes you more productive and, and in the long run better health outcome. Yeah exactly and then you know one of the other major trends um, has been digitalization hasn't it and the PAGB have just um, done a week-long yes. event around digital self-care which was great and really interesting and we all learned a lot um, what's your view on what's your view on that and the importance of of that shift? Well, well, I guess that's the other thing that, that COVID has really shone a spotlight on with um, 
the digital trend, whether it's uh, the Zoom call or using an app to monitor your your heart and your uh, blood glucose, etc. So, um, but again, that's just increased. You know, I, I don't know, a hundred million fold uh, in the past eighteen months with this pandemic. That um, that or are all these things that exist or will exist that can really make life easier for for all of us. And um, so that so that's here to stay. And I think it's a really interesting interesting trend. And certainly, we're looking at that. And working on that in terms of our industry and uh, digitalization and health data, you know, what does it mean? You know, it's a huge area. And, you know, it's not all absolute roses, of course, because there are risks um, with, with lots of things. And I think people's perception, obviously, around confidentiality and privacy is a big issue. So we're just looking at, at that as an industry, as a global industry and looking at what policies perhaps might be in place and principles for health data uh, and digital for our industry. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out over the next, you know, few months and couple of years, whereas maybe before it was something that was everyone was always expecting to happen and maybe waiting for, you know, for someone to make the first move. But, um, but yeah, that's going to be, I think that's going to be an exciting thing to watch out for and then of course the other the other big trend that we've seen definitely um and and came up at the asgp conference as well is sustainability and i think gscf is working on um some sustainability stuff i believe yes i was going to uh, highlight that at the end david but (laughs) that now but you know for later in the year uh we uh have developed a charter for environmental sustainability for consumer healthcare for our industry, and we are going to be launching that later in the year, actually, um, probably during the AESGP meeting. And that's a really exciting thing, I think, because I think clearly we need to be on the front foot and out there and making a stance for our industry. And so, uh, we're, we're, as I said, we're really excited about that. And But more, more to come on that. I won't go into details about that because um, we're not launching it right now. Great. Well, I'm very excited about that. And uh, of course, we'll be writing about that when when it's launched um, and maybe talk. We can talk to you about that in more detail. So um, it, we're recording not on International Self-Care Day, but when this is published, it will be International Self-Care Day. Um, is GSCF doing anything to mark the occasion? Yes. Well, International Self-Care Day is our day the Global Self-Care Federation's day, so to speak. So uh, we always we always do something and um, launch something. So we've actually launched our self-care promise campaign. So, so for this year, obviously we're highlighting how crucial it is for all of us to take action to, for self-care, to be active self-managers, to create better health, comes, health outcomes for all of us. So our self-care promise campaign is about encouraging people to engage in a positive self-care practice or practices by committing to embrace a specific self-care action and, you know, just trying to bring everyone one step closer to establishing self-care as a foundational part of their health. So now we've we've launched the campaign uh, and the website, as you've probably seen, and you can easily still submit your promise by filling out a form, very easy and quick. And uh, you don't need to um, 
uh, waste any time and go ahead and make your self-care promise. You can just sort of do it. Um, so after listening to the podcast, you can just go ahead and, and do it straight away. Yeah, and we will put a link to that on the on the article when we publish it on the HBW Insight web uh, web page as well. So th- is this this is designed for individuals, or is this something that organisations and companies can do as well? Well, it's designed for individuals. Some companies have kind of taken it on, but it's still really um, for individuals. And we've had a lot. I mean, I think over you know five hundred to a thousand individuals have made their self-care promise, it's accessible to everyone. And as I said, we've received a a lot of promises so far. And it's a whole range of actions people are committed to, um, from being more mindful about sleep, for example, looking after their mental health, talking to their local pharmacist first off, looking at the health literacy um, through uh, consumer information leaflets, meditation, that sort of thing. So I guess what it's important to say is no matter what the action, it can be big, it can be small. So it just needs to be, I guess, important to you. It's important that it helps improve people's personal health and might help others as well. So, for example, my self-care promise is to take to actually commit and make sure I do my at least 10,000 steps a day and also, you know, try and utilize some of these fabulous, you know, groovy apps that are available for for our healthcare, from everything to, uh, I guess, um, exercise, calorie intake, uh, sleep, being active, moving around, because there's so much available, and I think we don't all take advantage of it, and we're all so busy. So that that's my commitment to utilize some of these apps, but keep up my 10,000 steps a day. That's a good one. And so, do you, do you already use like wearables or or apps? Is this something that you that you're going to explore now? Yeah, look, I've always used a, uh, a Fitbit, uh, but it recently, uh, it was a bit old, so it recently kind of imploded. <laughs> so um, I'm looking at some like a watch, uh, like an Apple Watch, but maybe not that, maybe something else um, to really kind of motivate me um, even more. So I find that that's quite motivating because it's right there on your wrist and, you know, uh, it's it's hard to ignore kind of thing. So that's the main app, kind of app thing that I use. Do you use yeah. it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I must admit I'm a I'm I'm a bit of a luddite when it comes to um, health technology. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's very old fashioned. I've got an allotment, so um, so gardening is my is my thing that keeps me fit, which is really hard work. So um, mm. a bit old fashioned, really. Mm. But I should really look into it. Oh, well, Maybe. Yeah. It could be my self-care promise. I'll I'll look at some apps, (laughs) some wearables. So, um, so what? Yeah, so I suppose the next question would be, so you've got all of these self-care promises, which is great. um, And I assume that you'll be publishing these on the website. And then, yeah, are there any, are there any plans? I mean, what is what can you do with that with that information then? Well, uh, what we plan to do is first of all, you know, have a look at the engagement and then see how, what we can do with that information. What what are the sort of self care promises people are making? Are they all kind of, you know, reasonable? You know, and is there a certain trend? And is it all towards a digital, you know, kind of a digital self care promise? And I guess mm. 
that that would just show us that health data and digital, you know, we need to be part of the conversation and continue to work in that area. So, yeah, we will be looking at who's saying what, who's making what promise and, you know, what are the trends in the promises? Because we can obviously use that information. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so aside from, from the self-care promises, have you got anything else going on at, at GSCF uh, to promote self-care? Any, any projects ongoing or coming up over the next few months? Yeah, well, in fact, David, our, our big thing is the Self-Care Readiness Index, which is a really exciting project initiative, I would say, that we're doing in collaboration with WHO. And so uh, what what we know is to really make change, to make change at a policy level, you've got to you've got to show you've got to show the evidence or demonstrate the evidence for what you're saying. So people can say this is a major problem in India or something like that. Okay, well, how do you know it's a major problem? So what we've been working on is the self-care readiness index and we really believe this is going to help make real change especially in strengthening policy frameworks and ensure they're you know fully coherent and support self-care so we're going to be launching our and publishing our self-care readiness index in september and i guess you could say it's a practical tool for self-care advocates to help us like better understand and recognize what are the critical enablers of self-care and also help countries to integrate self-care into their national health policies. So uh, what we've got are um, four enablers um, looking at um, the various areas that I'll go into in a minute. So it's about, first of all, it's the first of its kind research and policy initiative and identifying and discussing what are the critical enablers for self-care readiness in a particular health system. And then what we've done is use an evaluation of those enablers to measure the self-care readiness in these 10 countries around the world. And so obviously we want to applaud existing progress and also identify areas for uh, opportunity and improvement. So it's not about saying one country is doing super well and, and another is lagging behind. It's about saying, okay, this is what this country is doing. It's working well. Can you do that in another country? What systems um, are comparable? So we believe it will serve as a really great catalyst for further debate on the importance of self-care, but also a really effective tool to support better design, if you like, of healthcare systems. So um, you know, the major ambitions are to inspire new approaches and to improve the understanding of the benefits of self-care, to support better decision-making, and also to deliver increased impact and better health outcomes for all. That's the, that's the ultimate thing. So really helping to design resilient health systems that fully integrate self-care. Because I guess um, while we, we think that self-care um, is effective uh, and, and will improve health outcomes and health systems. But there still remains a lot of opposition or, I guess, a lack of understanding. So that's why we're doing this index, because we really believe this will help to, I guess, change opposition um, to support. And so, so that, that's one of the things. And the enablers that we've used are around regulatory, around policy, 
around empowering self-care and and um, also people's perceptions um, of self-care. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic tool. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like uh, a kind of big element of that, like you're saying, is is not so much, you know, like a ranking system of, of which um, countries are better at self-care or whatever, but more of a kind of uh, best practice um, yeah. analysis where you can say, well, this works really well here. Um, and then, you know, regulators or, you know, all the different parts of the industry can draw on that to uh, to drive it forward. Yeah, because what we really like to see is self-care not treated as a separate subject sitting over there, but really it's it's part of the healthcare continuing around the world and, and used as a preventive measure and not just seen as something special that, you know, we talk about every now and then and, you know, health ministers might say, well, yes, we it, it sounds like a good idea, but it's really accepted as an important part of, of healthcare and preventive health. And of course, it's very timely because that that conversation is happening now, isn't it? You know, it's 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 something that the self care industry has been like back to my point earlier, been saying for a long time. But I think there's just a much wider and deeper awareness that you know self care is an actual thing. You know, it it, it is a very important part of a health care system, um, and needs to be considered like within national healthcare strategies and you know international healthcare strategies not as a separate thing as you say yeah yeah well that, that that's our that's our big aim and uh let's see how we go <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i think um if it's if it's ever going to work it's going to work now i think you know this is this is where like a push like this can really be effective i think because it's there's a receptivity at the moment yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I guess you could say this dreadful pandemic that's just been such a tragedy for the world um, and goes on and on, the, the, a small benefit has been that it's shone a spotlight on certain things. And one of those is self-care and also the fragility of healthcare systems, as I said in the beginning, in many, many countries around the world. Yeah, and, and I think it's important to take the positives, isn't it? I mean, no one would want the pandemic if you could go back and prevent it, you would never want it to happen. But it's happened now. So I think that the best thing you can do with that is learn from it and, yeah. uh, and improve things for people in the future. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, well, on that note, I mean, like you said, we covered we covered the sustainability thing earlier. Um, so unless there was anything else that you wanted to raise, I think that's a nice ending. Okay, well, all I would say is um, in kind of tandem with the index uh, and to my point earlier about we need to demonstrate the economic and social value of self-care, we're having, we have embarked on a global research study looking at the economic and social value of self-care on a global level. And so we're still in the weeds of the research, but we'll be launching that hopefully in the first quarter uh, of next year, and that will marry nicely with the index to really to really demonstrate that self-care, you know, it's here to stay, it's important, and it can make a difference. Well, that's great. I mean, that's another big project, isn't it? So GSCF really got some, uh, some kind of major things, um, major irons in the fire at the moment. We sure have. We sure have. Watch this space. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, we will do. And um, yeah, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to, to me and to our listeners.
Pleasure, David. Pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Over the Counter. Watch out for new episodes in the future on the HBW Insight website, on our LinkedIn and Twitter pages, and on SoundCloud. See you soon.